Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Alex, uh, listeners may call through with a question. In the meantime, a very interesting topic to talk about today, Mm. how our economic worldview will shape the future of Australia. Now, we have Mm. certain worldviews that we know economically and politically prevail, uh, and then we have our Christian worldview in the midst. Give us your insights here into the competing political and economic worldviews that you'd see in Australia right now. Mm, Well, look, the two main views that are talked about mostly in the media are capitalism and socialism. So probably important to define those two. Uh, The predominant difference between them is around ownership, who owns and controls the assets. In a capitalist society, the means of production and consumption are owned by private individuals, whereas in a socialist type society, it's more government control and large cooperatives. So that's the predominant difference. I would use the word freedom, really, um, to define the distinct difference between them. In a capitalist society, you have more freedom to make choices about what you will do with the money that you've got. In a social society, it's much more controlled with the view that it's being done for the greater good. So, so socialist societies talk a lot more about equality and distributing things according to people's need, whereas capitalism is more about the free market and market forces determining what you're going to earn and so forth. But I think the big, the other big thing, though, and this, this really, I think, separates them in terms of the creation of a prosperous society is around competition. You know, in a capitalist society, you encourage free market competition between businesses, which encourages people to be efficient and innovative. In a socialist society, there's no need for that. There's much less incentive. You're not going to get the rewards for your competition or being being efficient or being innovative. So it, it does become quite different, and therefore the outcomes over time become very different. But I think it's very important, though, to understand the distinctions between the two. And I use the word freedom particularly to separate them because I think one is a lot more leaning towards a free society uh, where you make choices and socialism is much more government-controlled and coerced as well. But it's fair to say that there's no true capitalist society in the world and there's no true socialist or communist, if you like, if you want to take it to a more extreme, (laughs) other than maybe perhaps North Korea, which is very extreme. Um, But there's no real true ones on earth, so to speak. Uh, taxation is a big issue in there too. I mean, this is mm. money that we're earning, uh, that we pay in taxation. How does that differ under capitalism versus socialism? Yeah, so look, obviously tax applies in both cases, but in generally speaking with capitalism, it's much more limited, usually around people's incomes, whereas with socialism, taxes are generally much higher 
but they're also it's it's around redistribution so those who are earning more have it redistributed to those who are earning less effectively uh, and it's used to pay for you know lots of different public services um, you know there's a famous saying though about where this all leads to from good old Margaret Thatcher she said the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money huh. <laughs> um, and they keep putting up taxes um, so yeah but taxes is very much part of that and generally in a socialist society you would experience much higher taxes in general. Okay, just to throw a little spanner into the works here, insofar as how we might be thinking about what things are like in Australia, because uh, here we are with a trillion-dollar debt, and that's come Mm. under sides that are considered to be conservative, uh, more on the capitalist side. In fact, the criticism might be that uh, all sides of government in Australia are leaning towards socialism, and that might be a problem. I'll get your thoughts on that, but are any of these isms, whether it be capitalism or socialism, are they are either of those really aligned to a biblical view, or either of those a little closer to biblical view than the other? Mm, I think definitely some are closer to. I say to believers, as a general principle, we should drop the you know the various isms, and we should ask ourselves when when governments announce policy what policies are likely to enable human flourishing? I think that should be our predominant concern um, as believers. I think, though, to come back to your sort of the first part of your, your question statement is, you know, where is Australia heading? And I think the reality is the entire Western world, not just Australia, has been on this sort of slow socialist journey um, as the government is expected to pay for more and more services. You know, these days people are far more demanding of what the government should do for them. And, uh, you know, it's assumed that the government will solve all of our problems. Um, and, of course, that's not the way it should work, but it's also not particularly biblical as well. But the thing about socialism, though, and I think this is why so many Christians actually get caught up in it, is it sounds very compassionate because it sounds like we're trying to bring about fairness and justice um, and trying to help others in need, which are very important concerns for Christians. The problem, however, is in the detail and also the factual history. Socialism has caused you know, massive poverty around the world and starvation. It is, the outcomes of it are factually horrible. Um, and so from a Christian perspective, we've got to say, well, what does work? And there's no question that when you look at, say, the book of Acts, Christians are very clearly meant to help the poor. And that's actually the responsibility of us as believers. It's not to say that the state itself doesn't have a role to play. But when you read the book of Acts, it, you know, I love, you know, chapter two talks about, it says um, the, the, the believers in the early church sold property and possessions. Okay, so firstly, it implies private property ownership, which is less so in a socialist society, much more in a capitalist society. But then it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. In other words, it was a voluntary act. You as, a, as, as a, an individual own your things, whether it's a little or a lot, and you can freely give. And the Christian concept, I think, is one of selfless generosity. Um, so whatever we have, we need to live a generous life out of that. Socialism, though, is much more about control and the government deciding what is right and wrong and where money should go and how things should be should be done. 
and as I say, it has a horrible track record around the world. Now, let me use one example, one that I know very well, and that's Argentina. The reason why I know it well is my wife is from Argentina, and um, what people don't realise about Argentina is that 100 years ago, it was the third richest country in the world. It's the eighth biggest country in terms of land mass, uh, and it's an enormously resource-rich country. But basically, since World War II, it's just getting poorer and poorer and poorer. And it's now, I think, around 80th on, on, the, on the list as far as um, you know, economic well-being is concerned. And it's because it's pursued this policy of socialism and huge welfare. It's a huge welfare state. But now 42% of the country live in abject poverty in slums. So it's been on this decline from a very prosperous nation to one that's impoverished due to socialism. It's been a, a disaster. And what ultimately happens in socialist societies, from what I've witnessed, is that it leads to a, a ruling elite who live very privileged lives, but it also leads to widespread corruption because the reality is human nature is such that we want to get ahead. You know, we want to do well, we want to own things, we want to, we want to innovate, we want to create. And so in a socialist society where those things are limited, it leads to corrupt behavior. And you see that in a lot of nations around the world that are very socialist. But to come back to the final point here, though, it's really to say that Christians, when it comes to public policy and, if you like, a political economic worldview, we should be concerned with policies that enable people to flourish in life and to do well, to get ahead, to be creative. You know, we have a creative God who wants us to create and has given us the you know creative instinct because we're made in his image. And therefore, we need to have policies that allow people to do that. And, that's, and then you only have to look at America as a perfect example. Whilst I think America's in decline now, the reality is that it's been a, 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 the innovation capital of the world for the last 100 years. It's been amazing. Um, but that's obviously sadly in decline as it turns more and more socialist. And we can talk about some of the crazy things they've done in the last week um, along those lines. And you might say it's quite a clear distinction there between the Republicans under Donald Trump, which was very much more capitalist uh, to the Biden-led administration, which is very much more socialist. I think that's an obvious... Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I loved about Trump that he, he announced before he even ran, in, you know, back in 2015 or 16, he said this. He said he wanted to, for every new law that was created, he wanted to repeal two. So what he was trying to do is, you know, reduce the stranglehold of government regulation on, on people in general, but in particular on business, because to have a flourishing society where you have strong employment, wages, growth, all these things, you need people to be able to start businesses, uh, create things and get ahead. And America's done that well, but recently it's, it's turned its back on that, and as you say, under the Democrats. And the big one, obviously, that uh, many listeners will be aware of in the last week is that Joe Biden has announced um, the forgiveness of student debt uh, to the tune of $10,000 per person and up to $20,000, depending on the particular situation. Um, now, what's crazy about this is, firstly, it's very misleading. The assumption is that the debt has been forgiven. What's actually been happened is it's been transferred to the taxpayer. So, yes, the, the individual student is having their debt you know, reduced, but the taxpayer and those that haven't gone to college and many hardworking Americans who don't have degrees and don't have high-paying jobs are now expected to foot the bill. So it's actually spreading the load to others. 
which has a you know a very big moral question mark in itself. Well, I actually think it's it's deeply wrong because the reality is those students chose to go to university, chose to do those degrees, and the Bible makes it crystal clear that when you enter into debt, you have a moral responsibility to repay. Uh, and so it's not really debt forgiveness at all; it's debt transfer, um, and it. It's you know America has already got thirty trillion in uh, federal debt. Adding more to it like this, I think, is uh, is crazy, and it's very unfair on the rest of America who haven't gone to university and who may be doing it tough as it is. I, I think it's a very unfair policy, and it's very socialist. Let's talk about uh, what will be the inevitable outcome of uh, socialism on the West, because as you say, it's crept in and people on the socialist side will say it's inevitable because, hey, we've got it right. Uh, But as you say, there are some dreadful consequences to that. I wonder if you've got any thoughts, Alex, of how that flows through in the West and even how that affects people in the church. Any thoughts here? Mm. Yeah, well, look, just to, just to give people an indication of how serious this is, um, Harvard recently did a poll of young Americans, so those 18 to 29, and 51% of them rejected capitalism, in other words, free market economics, which what they don't understand is what's shaped America and have fueled its progress and made it into the world's superpower. So people actually are not aware of how their prosperity came about. Um, And that's deeply concerning. So in terms of, therefore, the outcomes, therefore, that that's going to mean for for the West, I think what you're already witnessing it now, but we are going to witness the decline of the middle class. And it's already happening through the cost of living pressures that we're seeing. Um, The other thing that we're seeing a lot of very aggressively in the last couple of months is all the climate change policies coming around the world. Uh, My view is many of those... um, uh, will have minimal impact on the environment, but maximum impact on the economy, uh, particularly you know the cost of you know the cost of living, cost of fuel, uh, the cost of food, etc. And it's these sort of climate change policies are very socialist in nature, and therefore what we're going to witness is a loss of prosperity in the West, and, and that will be um, I think very unfortunate because the West has been a blessing to the rest of the world, uh, and that will become less so as we become you know, we have less and less uh, economic power to, to help others. So I think it's very, um, very conserving. And, and as I say, you'll, you'll end up with a working poor. So you have people have jobs, but they just won't earn as much and they won't be able to get ahead and things will become much, much harder for the average person. And I think that's a great tragedy. In so- terms of the church, though... Sorry, I was going to say, in terms of the church, though, it, it, it's coming to the church too because, you know, at the end of the day, I think... One of the, the problems we have in the West is a general biblical illiteracy uh, around money in general. You know, despite the fact that the Bible, the most talked about issue in the Bible is money, I think pastors actually need to address these issues head on because the problem for the church is socialism is linked to a lack of freedom uh, and more government intervention in everything, which is the last thing we want in our churches. We want our churches to flourish, to be free, to be free to preach the gospel, you know, free to associate, free to do things, free to grow, free to help people, etc. Rather than, uh, you know, I think in terms of society's problems, the church is the one that's got to get out there and solve the problems, not relying on the government. And so, um, but that's going to require an increase in biblical literacy, people getting back to what the Bible says, and, and pastors being willing to stand up 
and to, to speak this into their churches to actually address these worldviews because they're very important and they're, our people in churches are getting impacted by what the world's saying and they're not necessarily hearing the, the biblical informed view uh, as they should. And if the churches do nothing, if Christians don't get a grasp on how this all works, as we come back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, our worldview about economics actually affecting the outcomes for our future. And so uh, what I think I hear you saying here, Alex, is that Australia is in danger of moving more deeply into socialism, but that has consequences. But a biblical view of economics and how that works can actually help to soften the impact or change the outcome of that. Absolutely. And, and I think that's our responsibility. Um, you know, as believers, we have enormous value to bring into our society. You know, as the world, um, you know, the Western world drifts further and further from God, there will be horrible consequences of that. And we're seeing, we've been seeing that now for years with all the, the various policies, whether you talk about, you know, abortion, euthanasia, all these policies are the direct outcome of a society turning its back on God. So as believers, though, we can speak into this and actually show people what will make a prosperous and healthy society. And it's not one that's dependent on the state. It's one that is where individuals are enabled to flourish, to get ahead, to build families, to build businesses, to make progress, to innovate and create in, in the way that God intended it for us to do. Now, it, it won't be perfect, this side of heaven. You know, we live in a fallen world. Um, but as believers, we can speak into this. And, and I think we have a responsibility because we don't want poverty. We want prosperity. So we want to speak into the situation and, um, and really encourage people to think very carefully about the worldviews uh, that they're adopting because that will have a profound impact on Australia and the West in general going forward. Well, Alex Cook, always great wisdom. And let me connect listeners to Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, our regular Ask Alex segment at this time on a Tuesday. You can connect with Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com. And it's on that website you'll find lots of free resources, ebooks, the My Toolkit, free videos. There's podcast content there that you're able to access and be able to inform yourself about issues around a biblical view on finance. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There's even an Ask Alex at WealthWithPurpose.com email if you have a question that you'd like to see addressed in this segment. Alex Cook, wonderful insights once again. Thank you so much for taking some time to share them with us today on 2020. 